right, the next thing is that Don Hall is a pit bull with a bone or a toddler. I don't give a fuck. A, t- a pit bull that will not fucking let go. I mean, look, man, let's not get into this too deep right now because we've got some other things to cover. But yes, we do. We have Ray Warshak. Maybe, th- maybe it was last year, but like dead nephew, divorce, all the jobs you've been through, you fucking make shit happen. And just God bless you. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to David Hill. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Bum, 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 bum. Happy birthday, man. God, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. At the time of this recording, we are uh 24 hours a couple hours almost exactly from the moment that i was born shit out by my mother's gracious vagina sure i don't know the adjectives i don't don't know if gracious applies to a vag but we'll go with gracious i have no idea 40 i have no i have no knowledge yeah 43 years so i've completed 43 years around the sun and i have my god the things i've accomplished I have well. Here is the you know it is the the and it's a tradition at this I point have, at the eight. I have, I I what have I done? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it is a tradition at the eight cast, and <laughs> uh, and and so we will do. What did you, David Himmel, in your forty third trip around the sun? What'd you learn? What did you? What can you say you learned in this last year? The floor is yours, sir. I think. I mean, generally, I think that each year is, I I haven't come across a thing where it's like, oh, I was this old when I, you know, when I learned that, I mean, maybe there is one of those things, but I forget those things because they're, they're fleeting. That's why I write about them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I can remember when I was like 20, I was somewhere in my mid twenties when one day it just hit me that if you make this face where you pull your fingers into your mouth and you stick your tongue out and you cross your eyes, that your face won't actually freeze that way. Like that was the thing like your parents would tell you or my parents told me like, you make that face, it's going to freeze that way. I heard that shit all the time when I was a kid. Your face is going to freeze See, that way. That's hysterical because I never heard that. I just got... <laughs> like socked in the side of the head. I just got popped in the side of the head. I never, nobody, nobody said, oh, if you do this, this is the consequence. The consequence is if I did that shit, then just somebody popped me in the side of the fucking box my ears. It's like, all right. But I remember I was, I was living in Las Vegas. I was in my mid 20s. Maybe I was in college. I, I couldn't tell you. Somewhere between the age 19 and 25, let's say. And I was driving 
through the city, probably let's just call it Tropicana Avenue, just like in the middle of the city, just random. Yeah, drop. Fucking nothing going on. And it, and it just, boom, hit me. Well, well, that's just not true. <laughs> you know? And it like was this weird realization. So I haven't had a lot of those. But what I learned are things like things that happen and they, they cause specific learnings or their reinforcements or their readjustments of what I've already known or long known, but it's like, Oh shit, that, and I've known this all along. Why didn't I know this upfront, which would have saved me a lot of well, David, time if and it, effort. If it makes you feel so, any better. I've been, I've been writing down and we all know this. Anybody listening to Aidcast knows this is the case. I've been writing lessons that I learned in my year on my birthday for since eighth grade, since I was like 13 years old. And, uh, and one of the things that is the most remarkable, and I figured this out when I was probably about your age, actually was Holy fuck. I learned a lesson long time ago and I still didn't learn it. I understood it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't learn it. You heard it. Yeah. I heard it. I understood that this was the truth but did not apply it to my life until much, much later. And, uh, and that's a funny yeah, yeah. thing. Save about money it. for retirement. Yeah, I get it. Econ teacher, econ yeah, 101 exactly. teacher. Well, yeah, no, I get it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as, then, it's as simple yeah. as don't, I, and I, I've gone back and it's like, I remember when I was your age, uh, 43 is back 43 or 44. Um, one of the things that I learned in my year was to not, uh, not respond to negative, like the people that did not, I mean, it, it, we'll put it this way. Don't respond to the haters. And yet when yeah, I was 48, yourself, man. yeah, but when, yeah. The, the thing about it is I had, I, I didn't, I didn't actually own that probably until I was 52 or three. I didn't own it. I didn't, I didn't apply it to my life. You know, I've had, I've had a lot of anger issues no, you know, in my life Totally. and I grew up and I've learned about the anger, you know, control your anger, control your anger, all this kind of shit. Since I was a fucking kid, I can say in, in my current situation and I, and I, I kind of, and I'm not going to put it to bed, but I can th- say that, yeah, that work has, has, has been very successful because Almost anybody else in my shoes, in my circumstances right now, would be fucking out of control, stupid, yeah. angry. Yeah. And I've chosen, I've made the choice that I'm not going that direction and I'm doing it successfully because it's not like that's like, it's not like I'm angry and I'm trying to tamp it down. I'm not even angry. I'm not tamping anything down. There's no like, oh, none of it. It's just like, all right, this is what happened. This is the thing, and I can't you, change it. Yeah, I, I'm really, saying there, it. There's no, hang on. There's no, that's the thing, Cap. Nope. I'm always angry. There's no, come on. Uh, well, no, I'm always, I'm angry about other things, but this specific situation in my life, I just don't have any anger. Okay. I, I'm. It's awkward, and I'm trying to figure out how mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of process it as I go forward. But the fact is, I'm just simply not angry. And uh, I think that says that maybe I finally fucking learned that lesson. So mm-hmm. in that yeah. vein, you've lived 43 years in this last year, years. since 42 yeah. to 43. What are the things that uh, really stuck out? <clears throat> well, this may be temporary, but you know what? 
here's what's great about history and, and cataloging history is we get to see how we grow, right? Like uh-huh. that's the benefit of these of these birthday things, which quick side note, I, I went back to litterdape.com and looked up the old birthday posts. I know you did. And I, I, I think- Because I, yeah. I can see who accesses what, yeah. And I, I think we need to have like a proper tag or category for these because I, I don't write down what I've learned throughout the year until the end of the year, until May well, 25th, May 24th, you know. That's what you're supposed to do. Which is that's, like, at least right, that's which the is, which is like a, it's a I writing process. It. Yeah. But I think like, I don't like, what the fuck did I label these things? Like this year's is on turning 43. You know, last year's was- Tag it uh, birthday. Tur- tag it birthday because that's the only time we write- well, tag it birthday, but like, should there be a column? Like last year's was birthday reflections of a year in lockdown. The year before that was- yeah. Uh, not that big of a deal, not that big of a deal yet. Yeah. Slash, All right. Happy birthday, David Himmel. You know, I, I, just, I don't I'm know. Fine. Anyway, yeah. I, for anybody that <laughs> so, that actually listens to the Apecast and reads Glitter and Ape, I'm turning forty three. Is, is it's it's really good stuff. It's very interesting, and and I really think oh your lessons God, and my God. lessons are, are worth the most, reading. It is the it's most self-indulgent gaze. bullshit. It navel gazing, jerking off on your own tits. Come on. David, I'm but tell I'm you thinking something. on turning 43, a birthday reflection. But yeah. lessons can be learned from other people's shit. So that's what that's I'm saying. And David, and I will and I will and I will yeah. point it out so you don't poo-poo the idea too much. Is and I, I told you this uh before we started recording, is that the the stories that I've been writing about the divorce are you know, I mean they're fiction. They're fiction. I mean, they're they're rooted in truth, rooted in how I feel about this, how it's making me feel, and I'm trying to be creative about it. And I had two guys from high school who I've not spoken to or even knew existed anymore for fucking you know fucking forty years, and they reached out to me and were like, "Hey, yeah, I'm going through a divorce right now, and I don't know why you're writing this shit, but it, it it's really helping me. It's making me feel better." And it's like, oh, so what I would say is. Um, and I, and, uh, Paul Crenshaw, who's, a, a an essayist, and I don't know where he lives, but I follow him on Twitter, um, on the literate Twitter. And he was saying, you know, when the world is on fire like this, it feels so silly to be writing. And my, my comment to him was when the world is on fire, that's when the words have to count. That's when the words count the most. So I think mm-hmm. what lessons you learned in your 43rd year are going to help almost anybody whether it's navel gazy or self indulgent or not, it's important and it and it matters. So tell us what you learned. Well, I, and I hope it is. So the first thing that I wrote down is that it's decided. I know the I know who I'll have dinner with. When posed with the question, "Who'd you have dinner with?" You know, you know that old question. That's it's, it's yeah. often in job interviews, whatever, and. Uh, one, Lizzo. Nah. Hunter Thompson. Yeah. Mike Ziegler. And Lee okay. Harvey Oswald. Okay. Wow. Okay, so why? Well, Lizzo, because Lizzo's keeping good disco alive, which fucking mad respect. Um, she's funny. She seems like a good time. Why not have her over? Yeah, but uh, she's going to eat all the entrees. 
Don, that is fat shaming, and you don't know that. Maybe she's on a fucking fast. I don't even shut the fuck up, and you know it. (laughs) I mean, I I forgive you because you were a fat guy. I was a fat guy. Just, I just fucking love Lizzo. Like as far as the fat stuff goes, like, and I just think it's funny, and I had to make a fat joke. She is self-aware about it. She doesn't give a shit, and she. And exactly, you when know, she dies of a heart attack at 37 years old, she'll be fine with it. Okay. Okay. I mean, look. I, anyway, Lizzo, because you did the disco yeah. and all stuff. Hunter Thompson. All right. Hunter Thompson, because, I mean, come on. Like, obviously. <laughs> like, who fucking, what the hell kind of dinner guest is Hunter Thompson? The best or the worst? Let's find I'd out. Say I would never uh, want to have dinner with Hunter Thompson, but I, I appreciate oh, that you do. God, Mike Ziegler, because uh, much like Hunter Thompson, you don't know what you're going to get. He's also dead, and my you know my dead best friend. Uh, if you don't know that story, read my shit. Listen to the Eight Cast. Or go, cast, or go listen out. to the Eight it, Cast. It's in there. It's in it, there. It would be. It would. It would just be good to see him again. Is yeah, the exactly. But you Alec wouldn't Heidel, talk to him. Sorry. You wouldn't talk to him because Hunter S. Thompson's sitting right there. He'd take the whole conversation over. That's a really good point, and I did consider that. But in my dinner party, in my fantasy world, yeah, it's almost like a Zoom meeting where I have like control. Yeah, you have a mute buttons. button. You have a mute button. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's fair. Uh, so, and then finally, Alec Hadell, or uh, uh, sorry, Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, I just have so many fucking questions. I have so many questions. So, yeah. So that's the first thing is I think that, again, that's, that's kind answer. of like, a, you know, from the hip, uh, one of the things I learned. But the second thing I've, I, I, I learned, uh, I, I've realized that my heart breaks and melts in the positive way with the losses and the wins of the people that I care more about or or, or, that that I care about more than it does with my own losses and wins. And I think that is a a great sense of empathy. I think that's where your empathy uh, starts to show through. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing for me to think about because one of the accusations that I get from my wife, Katie Stacy is that I'm not empathetic <laughs> enough. And and maybe and maybe she's right because maybe I'm not empathetic enough to Katie because she's too close to me. Oh, you and Dana are so similar. And I I know, I know. Because the thing about it is you that, know, but that, like, that is the thing is, and this is something that she and I talked about long ago and have talked about since is there is a disconnect and i've done some research on it because i was fascinated with it is that it, the way empathy is supposed to work like in and you know i've had this when we've started that conversation like can empathy be yeah. a bad thing and the thing is when you have empathy for the people in front of you the people the closest to you that's how empathy is supposed to work if you have empathy for people that you're never going to see that have no immediate effect to you, that's not actually empathy. It's called performative empathy, and it doesn't matter. It feels like you're being empathetic, but the fact is, if you're feeling, oh, I'm so empathetic for the trans community, I don't, I know two trans people in my, in here in Vegas. So 
the ills of the trans community is not something that affects me directly. I can say I believe intellectually mm. that they need that support. But the fact is, yeah. in terms of empathy, it's more important that I have empathy for you. It's more important that I have empathy for, uh, I was going to say my wife, but I don't. I mean, I'm ex-wife, <laughs> you know. <laughs> No. That was a weird. That was a weird moment. That's, Thank you very that's much. Funny. That was a weird moment. It's so um, you know, funny. I mean, I. But the thing about it is, even now, I still, even though she's my ex-wife and things kind of went really, I still have empathy for her because she's still twenty-five feet from me. So she's well, close. So, conversation for another time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's 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 this. It's like, I mean, if we look at if we look at Katie just for a moment, you know. I I don't want to say like I of course love my wife like I sure. I love I love I my wife do. and I I know you do and part of you know a lot of what a, a lot of my worry that I carry with me the 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 Jewish guilt worry like whatever the neurotic Jew I, I just feel like it's like ancillary worry but it's worry that exists yeah. in me and it's, it's the kind of worry that I know exists in my concern yes that's the word it's not worried my grandfather, it's concern, yeah. my grandfather my grandfather was always worried concerned about his grandkids about his children and he operated in a very i don't think it was an empathetic way it was a sympathetic but parental way if that makes sense no that totally and makes i don't sense. want to do that because sometimes his his concern was like god would you fuck off? Like grades don't matter, Poppy. Like I'm already in college. I don't need to get an A in women's studies. He knew better. <laughs> I'm than a that. white male. Like, yeah, he, but he knew better than <laughs> that because he could see me too. But, coming. but also he was wrong because like my grades as much, my grades didn't matter as much as my experiences and what I was learning, how I was learning it, who I was meeting, how I was engaging with the opportunities, you know, and pop didn't understand that to you know, that's a very, same degree. So it's an interesting whatever. thing yeah. that that's your lesson, because I, I think what's fascinating about that is that, it, again, uh, you know, it, it takes go, it, it takes hitting rock bottom sometimes to start really reevaluating mm -hmm. what those lessons are. And honestly, my connections to opportunities um, are the least important thing in my life right now. Right now, the thing that's most important is my family. It is my experiences that I've learned from has nothing to do with yeah. my opportunities, nothing to do with my networking, nothing to do with my, my, my capitalistic. And I'd say that without a capital C um, possibilities, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, I don't give a shit about money right now. Do I owe money? Yeah. I'm going to owe money well, for rent and shit no. like that, but I don't give a fuck about it. And that's a really, interesting and sort of refreshing place for me you're not in that place because you own a house that you've got in the mortgage you've got another kid coming you have two dogs you get a wife you, you gotta make you gotta make the ducats my friend and a boat yeah i mean it's it's very different country. from a, a uh, eh, yeah it's very different when it's uh when you're a 19 year old sophomore in college and very different you know grades versus opportunity like yeah right, anyway. yeah all right so what did you learn but my, but my, yeah. my point is this is like you know, Katie has these issues uh, right now, you know, of pregnancy, 
and her career and her stress. Like I want, like I, I care about her career. And of course I care about her pregnancy. Uh, I mean, of course I care about both. But when you, when, when that's the thing that you're complaining about. Well, David, she's pregnant. pregnancy. I mean, pregnancy, she's, like she's I, I can't, miserable. like, I can't take that weight. I know. I know. But this is a choice we've made is to be pregnant. And, you know, they, oh, you guys are pregnant. No, we are not pregnant. She is pregnant. She's I'm, pregnant. She's but like, but it. it is, but there is a we-ishness to well, it. Well, there has to be a we-ishness to it. There has to be because, and she's at that point now, especially where like she's physically, she's limited. Like she's in the third trimester. She's and, too and, big and, and uncomfortable. And, and that is when, that is, that is when your empathy is, is, is the most important. That's but what I it's the I most important. I fail a little bit there. And I, and I need to do a better job of that. Where I think I don't fail on my empathy with her is her career. Where she's like, I'm not making any money. Clients are shit. The people that I work with are shit. Everything is fucking hard, blah, 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 blah. And I go, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's empathy. But me saying, yeah, starting a new career, which she did in real estate... It's very tough. difficult. It's very it's difficult. Long, there's it's it's like anything when you start off on your own in sales, selling people, even as a copywriter, when you're not in sales but you're creative, you've got to build up clients and it's slow going. You know, you've it got takes to a long time. Shit. It takes a long time. So there's that, and she gets that. She's done this shit before. But also, and maybe this is where my my the, no, fuck it, not maybe. This is where my apathy, my empathy turns into apathy. Katie is a great real estate agent. She really, really. Oh, is. there's no question in my mind. She and is. she's yeah. and she's one of the good. I've ones. never bought a house. But she from her, is but I, in I have a. No question she is in. She is in a a a market a a field that is dominated. By grifters, yep, slime, yep, and rubes, yep, and and she's one of the good ones. But of course, it's going to be hard. Of course, it's going to be miserable. And of course, you're going to suffer the impacts of the quote unquote market that we have no control over. Except that we fucking do because we just capitalize on people's dreams and their feelings and their we sell them shit that they don't need to buy and the all the, you know I fucking hate the real estate market I hate I fucking hate it David there I is a reason my parents but I respect my par the way she my does parents it. my parents were in real estate collectively for probably seventy years if you added up their experience like seventy years ew. I mean, because mom was with Chicago Title and Insurance. My dad was big real estate guy in Kansas. And the fact is, there's a reason that I don't own property. And one of the reasons that I don't own property is, and I've said this before, and I never will own property, is that it's just paying rent to somebody else. It's, I mean, that's all it is. It, I mean, you, know, you don't, and that... And I don't think that's specific to the United States. I think that's kind of everywhere. 
land. It, what is it? It's Lex Luthor from Superman, from the, the Christopher Reeve Superman land. It's about land. It's Otisburg. You know, everybody thinks that land and, and land is the ultimate turnover. It's the ultimate profit thing. Um, and here in Vegas right now, I mean, you can't buy a fucking like five years ago, a house that would have listed at what? $150,000 is now listing at $450,000 and sometimes a million. It's ridiculous. So it is not a good, it's not a good industry, but it's an industry that's never going to go away. And uh, I, I'll tell you, if, if Katie's really feeling, feeling, I mean, because you have to also have to understand that no matter what her concerns about her career are, some of that has to do with the fact that she is totally out of control on what her body is doing. And there's that, that uncertainty of what 100%. happens when she yeah. has a baby. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you, if you, if you, if once she yeah. has the baby, if she wants to talk to my dad, because my dad did fucking really, he was one of the top real estate agents in the Midwest. If she wants to yeah. sit and have a conversation with him, I guarantee you he will drop some pearls. He will drop them like John Wayne does. Uh, well, darling, <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say anything <laughs> about the beaners, but I mean, he'll kill, you know, he'll, he's not the most woke guy. You don't guy. know how to swim. He's exactly, I mean, he's yeah. going to go there. Yeah. But if, Hondo, she, yeah. if, she, if she's starting to feel like, wow, this is, this is maybe been a mistake. Cause that's what every new industry you get. Every time you make a major change in your life and I'm, yeah. I, and I get it. Yeah. I've been making a major change in my life and I'm making one right now. And some of it has been forced upon me. It gets a little desperate. It's like, and the key is not to get desperate, is to stay the course. And that's really hard. And your job as the husband yeah. to be empathetic is to support her in staying the course. And that's, and that's, I feel like I'm doing that because I feel like, look, Katie, you can do this. It takes time. You know that. You've made a huge career change in a really fucking weird time, both in the world, COVID. Trump, whatever, like whatever, like whatever. Yeah. And you're a fucking new mom with a four-year-old and a new kid on the way. Like shit is fucking weird and and hard. But like, you could do this. So fucking and and you are doing it. And I tell her this all the time. Like you, she is. She really, really is doing it. And it's hard, but she's doing it. And it's yeah. hard. And she will get past that hardest hill to climb onto the next one. You know, that's just, that's the So gig. what did you learn in your 40s? I'm going to keep hammering away at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I what I learned about God, this is that I'm, I swear I, to God, I'm having easier. a conversation with you about what you learned in your 43rd year yeah. is just like having a house married life with my ex-wife for, you know, a yeah. long time, yeah. where it's like, Jesus. I'm going to ask you the questions and you're going to evade it. You're not going to tell me what you learned or you're not going to tell me what the problems actually are until it's too late. So what did you right, well, what learn I've, in your 43rd What I've year? learned is that you and Katie and Dan and I are way too much alike. And that worries me on levels that I have yet to understand. <laughs> Well, my point is this, the original thing that my heart breaks and melts with the losses and wins of the people that I care about more than my own, 
is that I need to do a better job of, 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 I, I, I guess stepping back or stepping into the reality of things. And, and, you know, cause I, I often feel like I'm too much in my own shit of my home, my wife, my kid, the dust, the dogs, the, the blah, blah, all this shit, the work, and I, and I don't come up for air or to look at the gorgeous skyline that we've built. Because in our lives, we build our own sky, we build our own shores, we carve out our own continents of, to, to, for, for us to navigate. And I, I don't think I come up enough from that. And I think I need to do more of that, which is to come up for air and appreciate more actively um, my wife, my kid, my dogs, for all of their greatness, for all their love, and for all their fucking hideous, horrible uh, <laughs> shit. That they, you know, because I've got the same shit. Like I'm hideous and horrible in my ways too. Like tomorrow's my birthday, and I keep thinking, like, you know, because what are they going to say about me? Great things, what, I'm sure, but like, what, are they doing? Yes, but they're so you a, you're, terrible things. Well, no, <laughs> have you have you have you ever read? Uh, and I don't know if you have, I think we might have talked. About I this don't before. read, John. Come on, uh, Ender's Game, the, the Orson Scott card. I have not, uh, in, no, not okay. read that. One of the things that's funny about that book, I, and it's it, it is enduring to me, um, and it really it resonated with me when I read it the first time. He enders, you know, enders game. And if you want to look it up, look it up. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best science fiction, like series you're ever going to read, despite the fact that Orson Scott card is a homophobic Mormon piece of shit. That aside, I can separate the art from the artist. Um, the, the third novel in the enders. What if he was story, a New York Jew? Yeah. But the, yeah, the, no, the third sorry. novel in the Ender's Game is called Speaker for the Dead. And Ender has gone off and he's not aged because he's uh, spanning the galaxy. But his job is to go to planets and somebody dies. They hire him, basically. And he's like a priest. And he finds out all the good shit and the bad shit. Every aspect of this human. And at the funeral, he tells it all. I mean, it's the equivalent of saying, okay, David died, and I also am going to share with you, and I'm going to tell you all the great things he did, but I'm also going to share with you his uh, his browser history. You know, I mean, it's like, it's dark. <laughs> the dark shit and the light shit. And I think that's one of the things we're missing in, in, in our modern culture is the ability to understand that people are flawed and that those flaws are okay. You know, and maybe that's why I'm not as angry as perhaps other people would be, or I would have been before, given my circumstances, because flaws are just, we're all flawed. We all have bad shit we do. We all do stupid things. We all make bad choices. We all lie. So put it in perspective. And so, yeah, yeah. I think your, I think your lesson is, is well meant. And I, and I think you should, uh, you should go for that. Learn that lesson. That yeah, you do need to appreciate your family, and you need to I mean, look my, at the people that you love. Be nicer my, to your mom. Goal, Be nicer to your fucking mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, my, 
my goal. And seriously, this is all like all joking aside. Yes, straight up. When I started seeing the, the therapist that I'm seeing now, yeah, I, I walked in and he said, okay, what's the plan? What's the goal? What are we, what are we doing here? Because we got to start from somewhere. And I said, I want to be a, a good husband. That's that was good, my goal. It's a really good goal. And I do. It's better than if you told him, I think you and I should do a podcast. Because, you know, we already have this. Well. <laughs> he will be our guest next week. No. I, <laughs> but no. But I. It is like. God, wouldn't that be fun? But that would be funny to ask him to be on the. I'm going to ask him some. No, questions. I. I. One, I, I won't because he can't and he shouldn't and absolutely not. <laughs> how, how old is Not that I have anything to hide. I mean, He's my age. He's two months older than me, almost to oh, the he day. Then he'd totally do it. He'd totally do it. No, no, he he can't. Like, right, yeah, but he'd still do it. I mean, yeah, like he'd still quote unquote do it, but like he get on, like he he's get on down, the podcast. He's down for some shit, but like you know, like, no, yeah, we'll do some fucking coke, man. Let's do some fucking coke and heroin. And then when the coke exactly and heroin shows the, up, it's like, that's no, exactly man, you guys got any went. weed? Yeah, like it's okay, it's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> what? All right. So my next thing that I learned, um, <laughs> uh, ten years later, the song "Call Me Maybe" is still a, a brilliant song. It's great. It's you know you that learned shit some of holds up. Shit. It's a I good know, song, but you got this shit matters. All right. The next thing is that Don Hall is a pit bull. With a bone or a toddler, I don't give a fuck. A, t- a pit bull that will not fucking let go. I mean, look, man, let's not get into this too deep right now because we've got some other things to cover. But yes, we do. We have Ray Warshak coming. Maybe up, I th- maybe it was last year, but like dead nephew, divorce, all the jobs you've been through, you fucking make shit happen. And just God bless you. Uh, all right, moving on because we could. That's the whole thing. We could get into a whole um, thing about that shit. And I thank you. I'm, I don't know if that's a lesson you that, learned for yourself whatever, shut or up. just a realization. We're moving on, had, Don. I thought I, I thought I said we're moving on. Can we just, okay. So I really need to, uh, the next thing I, I learned is that I really need to double down on not showing the worst things I do yeah. to my children. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good lesson to learn. And you and I talked about this earlier this week. I, it's i i keep thinking about that 80s commercial you know the the anti-drug commercial whatever yeah where did you learn to do this i learned it from watching you Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so funny now but it's like i don't want like i accept that harry is going to be a monstrous fuckwad in a thousand different ways potentially he's, a thousand different ways he's gonna be a because human being. he's my kid and he's katie's kid and we're awful but no you're right the thing is and that's one of the things but I, where, I do we, where do we learn. like where do we you're curb not that awful. and make you're and, not and f- awful and trim the fat on the awful this thing is i don't think either one of you is awful i think uh, yeah but don that's because i spent a lot of time trimming my fat 
for you? And we all spend a lot of time trimming our fat of awful for other people. Well, the thing about but it like, is being being a better person is a choice. I wrote this in one of the being stories. Being a better parent is a choice that is it's a fucking choice. hard because you're well, dealing with yourself. Dude, it's if it's not human hard, versus it, self. It, it, the, the thing about it is I go back to I the, know. Tom Hanks, the Tom Hanks I know. Hanks I just line. have to do it. Now, the Tom Hanks line in fucking A League of Her Own is baseball. There's no crying There's in no baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Baseball's hard. Are you if crying? It was easy, anybody Are you crying? And, and that's the thing. Anybody, if it was easy, any motherfucker could do it. Of course, being a parent is hard. All right, Rorschach of the week. Here we go. What a fucking week it's been. Yeah, no shit. No shit. It's, it's kind of been like the perfect literate ape cast week because it's been really, really, really funny and really, really terrible. Yeah, it's, a, it's an ape cast kind of week, yeah. So... Let's start with the really, really funny. Thank you. Uh, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, screams at a stranger <laughs> at a pro-Israel parade. <coughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I read about this. This uh, I'm fucking now, asshole. I'm, I'm now starting to get, the, the thing about it is in my, in my, in my month or so of, of kind of getting around the idea of my divorce, I'm now starting to read the news. So I'm, I'm a little more prepared and yes. And this is what I think is sad. I think, I think Rudy Giuliani is sad because I think at one point he was he is, America's he mayor. He's an Italian teardrop. He's, he's, well, he's the, an Italian teardrop. That's, yeah, yeah, he was America's fucking mayor, and now he's oh, become God, one he of the it. biggest. He's become one of the biggest shames on on American politics of the almost anybody. Cushion. He's he become is, a, he's America's dumbest cushion. You know, and it's and what it says is, no matter how cool you are or how accomplished you've become, um, trust me, Cory Booker, in about ten years, is going to be fucking batshit crazy and stupid. And he's going to do something stupid because yeah. you, Rudy Giuliani. Was I give it. The, I give Cory. I give Cory Booker seven. And the thing is, I love Cory Booker, tracks, but I yeah. know he's going to go off the rails. You because love him? I love Cory Booker. I think he's badass. Cory Brooker is a smart idiot. He champion. He he is what Kamala Harris should have been when she was running for president. There you go. I like Cory Brooker. Yeah. I like him very I, much, mm, and I like his policies, uh, and I like his speaking, okay. and I like his passion. But just like Giuliani, eventually yeah. he become the butt of the joke. Yeah. So that's my response. All right. Speaking of butts, let's put vaccine in kids. Kitty vaccines. For against COVID, it's the dumbest fucking thing ever. Really? Yeah. Hey. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really? Yeah. If, if the you look dumbest at, thing ever. Well, okay, maybe not the dumbest thing ever. Maybe the dumbest thing ever was douches. What is the which dumbest? Which is a really thing stupid thing. Douches was a really bad idea. Douches. Yeah, douches was a bad idea. That, that if you look at the science behind the concept okay. of douches, yeah, no, that douches that makes sense. Yeah, it's a really bad fucking from a scientific yeah. perspective. It was, it was That's a control so measure on women, and it was shitty. <laughs> and douches are a terrible idea. Always was. A terrible I think I want to add that to my like what what I learned in my forty third year. Don Halt agrees that douches were terrible douches were the fucking worst kitty vaccines so why why are kitty vaccines a terrible 
a terrible well, idea. Because if you look at it's COVID, like Harry, Harry is four yeah. years old. If you, if you cannot look get at, vaccinated, all right. If you look now, at the specific, if you look at the specific data, and this is from the World Health Organization (CDC), this is from all the areas. The thing about it is, the people least likely to suffer ill effects from COVID are are, are kids, and. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we that, and we have damaged children in a way that that that's going to take two generations to get past, and even then, it's going to be idiocracy because our focus on the children when it comes to COVID, COVID is a disease that attacks really two categories of people, and and, and we know this. This is science. Number one. COVID attacks the age, the elderly, you know, and, and that's not good. I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but it is, that is a reality that the elderly are more likely to get COVID and die from it. It is also the obese people who are morbidly out of shape, who have not taken care of themselves, who have decided that Cheetos are just the better thing to go with. Um, COVID is more specifically taking them on. What you know is, regardless of how it is, is that COVID does not attack children. And if you look at the science, you will notice, and this is something I've read about, so I, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert. I am not saying I'm an expert. I am not an epidemiologist. I'm not going to say that. But if you look at the if you look at the science, at least that, that I've read, and I try to be as specific about the kind of science that I read, if you read the science that I read, and it is not right wing or left wing science, it's, I try to get a little bit of both, is children are the least likely to be ill affected by COVID. So the idea that you're going to have to vaccinate, and I, the thing is, I think it's a parent's choice. If you want your kid vaccinated as a four-year-old, I think that's all your choice, and I don't have a problem. I mean, with why that. not? Like, like it's, that, if, if it and reduces, the thing is, if it I can think, reduce the spread of things. The thing is, that kid is getting punctured full of other the vaccines. Thing is, Fuck it, it. Doesn't, why not? It doesn't reduce. And what you what you and that's the science is well, that the the, the, I, the level of reduction of COVID is so so low, it's so tiny, it's so minuscule, um, it's a little bit ridiculous to even have the conversation. So my answer is, if you want to get your kid vaccinated, I think that's great. If you want other people's kids to get vaccinated, mind your fucking business. Fair enough. Uh, the next thing, this is local Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, Don, your old city, but I, I still I pay attention. I still pay attention to the I Chicago news. I, I can't so help myself. A, a Pilsen bookstore mm-hmm. pledges to refuse service to cops as owners declare it a, quote, police-free store. It's a brilliant marketing campaign. Uh... Brilliant. Yeah, because it means that everybody that hates the cops, which is substantial in Chicago, are going to go to their store, even if they don't buy books. 
even people that I'm don't just gonna go read, there and look around. Yeah, exactly. Right. Even people that don't and Instagram read, and Instagram that never shit. buy yeah. a yeah. fucking book are gonna come to that bookstore in Pilsen and say, "You hate cops? I do too. I'm gonna come in. Maybe I'll buy a book. Maybe I won't buy a book. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy an, yeah. an Ebernex Kindy or a Robin DiAngelo book. But fuck you. I hate the cops. And that is a brilliant. <laughs> It is it is grift on a level that is it's right up with Nike. It's really good. It's interesting because I you know I I've never you know Pilsen is uh love the neighborhood when I get down there, don't get down there often. It's kind of far away from me at this point, but it's a great neighborhood. Uh it is the epicenter of or not an epicenter. It's the case study in Chicago gentrification these yeah, days. I know. I know. The thing is, there's no um, one the that long, is, slow burn there gentrification. There is no one that, but, is, that is ethnically Latino that went, hey, let's make our bookstore anti-cop. I guarantee it. That was white women well, that's that decided an interesting, to do it. It's an, and I, I can't respond to that, but I do know that according to the story that I read on Block Club, the cop is was is Latino, uh, yeah, I know. Latina, Thank Latino, you. Latina, gay mm -hmm. resident of Chicago. It's like she is she is the community, yeah, and the community turned her away because no, of her affiliation with no, the police. The thing is, and that's the thing, the community didn't turn her away. Well, the bookstore, yeah, a couple, yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of white women owners of a bookstore trying to are they? Perform. I don't know. Are they white women owners? Well, I, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that's. Let's the case. take a moment. Let's take a moment to figure this I out. I think that I assume that's the case. I guarantee you, they're white. Wilson bookstore hates. I cops. guarantee you, they're that white that because that is Pilsen right now. It is the most gentrified neighborhood in Chicago, and that means it's it is. Dead. Yeah, I guarantee you. The owners are white. I and, you know, also, you. So why shouldn't they? Like, you know, look the at the history of Chicago. Is, why shouldn't they hate cops? You, I get it, it. Well, no, I don't think about hate, hating cops is not the, the goal. But if they choose to say we're not going to serve cops, that's their business. But it is absolutely not out of some moral obligation. It is absolutely it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marketing technique. And it's a good marketing technique. It's very smart. I mean, if you're in well, Chicago, wonder, you like, don't hate is that the, the way cops, to fight? You're nuts. Is that is that a way to fight the police? You know, like no, I'm all, I am one thousand percent for fighting the police. Of course, it's not like because have you met this, police officers? If there's how many if there is a, a robbery by fire, how many police cops don't officers? Read. You know, no, exactly. Not. This is not about yeah. their major. It's not like the Pilsen bookstore has an influx of policemen and police women that come in. And browse the Vonnegut. They don't do that. The not, Vonnegut, yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not going in and looking for the David Foster Wallace. They're not looking for the goddamn uh, books. That, that that's not how it works. So the idea of making a story that says this bookstore refuses police, well, it, to me, that's like I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of it as like it's like being a Dairy Queen in in fucking Maine. That says we don't serve blacks. There are no blacks in Maine. So yeah. saying that you don't serve them means fucking nothing. It's just a pose. Well, it's 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 a it's a weird thing because my first thought There's was three black well, people in Maine. Three of them. Well, I like I I, I get 
the reason for it because fuck the fucking police. I get it. See, I don't say fuck the fucking police. What? Well, hey, I don't. But what happens when you get robbed or there's a fire? Exactly. And the cops are like, "Oh, that place. Oh, that place not going to happen." You. Fuck you. Exactly. And, and if you don't think that the cops and the fire police, the fire department are one and the same, they know what's going on. Come on, shut the fuck up, right? Watch, watch. So we are gonna the let city. your place burn. Watch, and who dies? Who fucking watch, cares? Watch David Simon's but, We Own the City on HBO Max, and you kind of go, "Oh yeah, the cops know exactly what's going on." If they feel like they're not gonna so fucking police that if area, you wanna, that's if you want to fight, if you want to fight the police in Chicago, what you do is you don't give them discounts on the books. You don't let them walk out of the shit. How many times have I seen fucking Starbucks going, "Oh, cop free"? Yeah. No, well, fuck that. To me, no, that's like that's like giving the military discounts. I understand why. Exactly, it's. I understand I get it, why. No, they're well. You know, if they're doing their job right, and this is the thing, you and I have no, this. Uh, fuck that. The military gets paid 90, well. Ninety-five. Really well, no, ninety-five to ninety-eight in their of present the, and their future, exactly. and they can afford a cup of coffee. Well, I agree with that. But ninety-five to ninety-eight percent. Thank you for your service. Both, it's two ninety-five. Ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of both police and military are doing the job they are paid to do, and there is a small percentage that are fucking dicks. And I get that, and I understand why you want to punish the dicks, but to punish all of them suddenly paints a target on your back. This Pilsen bookstore is not going to be open. For another in six months, that that bookstore is going to be closed. I guarantee it. Yeah, I I, I won't take that bet. I'll take the bet. Extended twelve months, and they're not open. Yeah. All right. But six months, ten bucks. I'm, well, you already owe me a hundred bucks if by August, middle of August, I haven't. Well, gotten I don't COVID. already owe you a hundred bucks, but I will owe you a hundred bucks by middle of August, August. I have yeah. not gotten COVID. I'm not going to get COVID. In, and I will be honest if I get it, if I test positive, I will tell you. And then I'll I, pay I you the hundred dollars. I'll pay you the hundred dollars, but uh, I'll, I'll bet you 10 bucks, six months, which six. I will just for the record, if I owe you money. Donate it to literate. Like, okay, okay, fair yeah. enough. So either way, I would rather get a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like I'd, I'd rather have literate have the hundred bucks than me, um, because right. ultimately that's the goal. So yeah, that's exactly how I would prefer you to pay my All fucking right. debts that you always owe me because you are so wrong. Number three. Yeah. All right. Well, we're number four, but insurrectionist. Oh. This is this is the Supreme Court ruling. You've really had a lot to drink, haven't you? I have. Do I sound yeah. bad? Well, you, you, you. I'm, I'm starting to stumble too, but you're definitely stumbling. So keep going. Okay, let's take a look. It's, it's, it's a, it's a wreck. It's a wreck. Foster Brooks. John, I've had a, I've, I've had a hard day today. I don't want to be Foster Brooks. Jesus. Dude. <laughs> let's let's clean me up as best as we can. I always try. Insurrectionist, go tell me, tell me the four. Insurrectionist banned from holding office, <laughs> <laughs> which seems like a, like a no brainer. Like, well, 
Oh my God. You, you tell me that, that the guy who murdered my kid can't fuck him and dress him up as a clown? Oh my God, doy. What happened? But this I'm is sorry, apparently I was a thing. Just, I, was, I was laughing because you can't see insurrectionist. Insurrectionist. Okay, there you go. You worked at it at that time. You, you made the effort. Insurrectionist. So what happened to him? What did they do? Can't run for office. Well, I think that's appropriate. That's my yeah. answer. Insurrectionists should not be able to fucking run for public office. Oh, no, I, I actually I backed that up. I think they should totally run for office. And they should they should be allowed to run for office, and if I mean if the constitutional down this just goes back to the Civil War, which is fine, and 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 if it's okay. legal, if it's legal to block them, I am a hundred percent in favor of it. But uh, I'm not voting for him, and if somebody votes for him, we're more fucked than we think. I mean, that's kind of weird. Like the weirdest part about it is that like. People vote for him. Oh, who's at risk? Marjorie Taylor Greene? Well, Jesus, I'm not voting for that fucking crazy bitch. But there's a lot of people that will. Yeah, well, I'm, I wouldn't vote for uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I wouldn't vote for Lauren Boebert, but I might, I might, like, hey, take her up. out for... Yeah, I might yeah. take her out for a night. Yeah, yeah I take her, some, like, I'd take her out for Friday's I'm, appetizers, I'm yeah. I'm single now. I'm single now. That's a story. I, I don't know if I ever told you, but I remember uh, when I was uh, in between marriages. <laughs> I love that I said that. And uh, I was dating, and I met this woman, and she was, uh, fuck, she was a dancer. She was beautiful. We went to uh, eat, and she was like, yeah, I, I, I've read your blog. This one I had a blog, a blog spot blog. Yeah, Angry I'm, white guy in Chicago. Money, baby. And she yeah. well, the thing that was funny was it, it, in the middle of this is remember the Cuban place that was uh like at the Brown Line in Irving Park. Yeah. God, so we're ever it's yeah, a so major player in one of yeah, my books. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. That's why I mentioned it. But I I I, I would it was like so she and I are eating there and she says, Yeah, I've read your blog, you seem very left. I have to let you know before we commence this date that that I think Dick Cheney is a hero, and granted, oh this is in this is yeah. the Bush years, and that I think torture is almost always justified. And I sat there and I said, "I'm going to go to the bathroom." And I went into the bathroom, and like John Travolta in <laughs> Pulp Fiction, in Pulp Fiction, where he's standing and talking to himself in the mirror. You're gonna go home. You're gonna jerk off and go to bed. I am looking in the mirror and I'm going. I can get out of here. I can leave right the fuck now. I can leave right the fuck now. But she was super hot, so I went. All right, this is what I'm gonna do. So I went and I sat down. And I said, "Okay," I said, "We can have this date, but we can't talk about politics because apparently your politics are very." like way different than mine and this is not going to go well if we if we get into an argument that's not going to make for a great day and so she insisted so we talked a little bit about politics and then i walked her home and then i fucked her and i never called her again and uh <laughs> that was so i get that yeah yeah so there you go i don't know how that story applies but i just had to throw it up next thing 21 people shot they're shot dead Rob Elementary School. 19 of them are kids. Three are adults. We're never going to solve the gun issue by focusing on gun control. We've been doing this for fucking 35, 40 years. 
We're never as a country going to win this fight. So gun control is not the issue. We have to let that go. What we have to focus on is treating guns like we do cars. Texas doesn't have a requirement that you have a license. You have to license. You have to have insurance if you own a gun. We have to open it up that just like if you if you're in a Toyota and your Toyota goes defective and you fucking crash into a goddamn store and kill seven people, you can sue Toyota. You have to be yeah. able to sue the people that sell yeah. the fuck and manufacture and sell the guns. Nah, Those are the not, laws. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I gotta interrupt you and just and, play and devil advocate because you're on. right. More importantly. What we really have to do, what we really have to do is we have to recognize that the problem right now, we've had this many, we have 120 guns per United States citizen in this country. We're not getting rid of the guns. It's not going to fucking happen. It's like locusts that don't die. They're never going away. We can't get rid of them. However, it doesn't mean you can't try but the really, really the important thing we have to recognize is that what's different now than was, let's just say, 20 years ago, where we had just as many fucking guns 20 years ago and not as much gun violence, what's different now than was than, than, than then is we didn't have this, this, this incredible acceptance of outrage that we that that we've decided that everybody everybody is the enemy and and this is the thing is i wrote this in a substack not too long ago is like if you want to change the world quit being a fucking asshole well yeah the issue is not the guns that's the band-aid and we're not gonna win that one we're never going to get, there are so many guns in this country, we are never going to stop the guns from being available. So what we have to do is we have to focus on being a little bit more open-minded, being a little bit well, kinder, uh, being a little well, bit more yeah, compassionate, more human. a yeah. little more human, because the fact is the reason this motherfucker took a gun and I've, I've said this to my sister actually said this to me it was very funny because she and i were watching true crime a couple of christmases ago and she loves my sister loves true crime she loves those documentaries American, loves man. those shows yeah yeah and one of the things she was she was going oh my god the mental disease the the, the problems i said no i said i don't think it's about mental health i said i think People do bad shit because they think they can get away with it. That's why people do bad shit. Not because they are bad people, but because they think they can get away with it. Why not? If you can get away with it, why not do the bad thing? If you can steal from your fucking office and nobody's going to catch you, why not do it? And that is how humanity works. Human beings will do the the worst fucking shit they can do if there's no consequence. Yeah, and so yeah, and so what I say is, if people will do whatever they can get away with, because they can, you have to convince them, and it's not about screaming at them; it's about about shaming them. It's about introducing them to 
the people they affect. And if they can see the people they affect and they can see the, 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 the pain, perhaps, and with a compassionate heart and with a forgiving heart, and, with, and I'm not saying this guy needs to be forgiven because fuck that guy, I'm glad he's dead. But, but we wouldn't get to this point if it was a little bit more difficult to get guns, which is something I think we absolutely have to work on. But we're not getting rid of the guns. We're not no. going nope. to get rid of the guns. So we have to have a different approach. And the different approach, I think, is the most important one, is to depolarize the other, to make the other human. To see, because the thing about it is this kid that came into the yeah. school and decided I'm going to shoot up a school and kill all these fucking people didn't see them as human. And if you don't see other people as human, they're just theoretical human beings. Yeah. yeah. We've, we haven't done our job. What we've done is we've just made it worse by being more angry and more polarizing. And, and that's my opinion. Number six... Warshak is uh, Biden's executive order on police reform. It's meaningless. Today, it's right. Thank you. It's meaningless. Today, Katie was like, but Biden signed this thing. And I'm like, it's meaningless. He should have done it a year ago, first of all, because he could. Well, it doesn't like, matter if he did it it's a like, year it ago. It doesn't fucking year, matter. If you look at the numbers more, there, there are some things that are going on that are just not good. And one of the things about police reform is that uh, you know, I, I think San Francisco is probably a pretty good example, is that you've got people that got into office on the backs of Black Lives Matter, on the backs of uh, George Floyd's death, who said, going, we're going to be good. Well, you would think it would be good, except but that do something. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they did do something. They said, we're not going to prosecute shoplifters we're not going to prosecute the, and what you have in san francisco is i, I saw a documentary it's a fascinating thing where the most common thing you see in, in in right now in san francisco is glass yeah. auto glass all over the goddamn roads and it's the most common site and the reason for it is because they don't arrest or prosecute people that carjack or steal from cars people are rolling their windows down when they park and leaving notes that say there's nothing to steal here. And I'm telling you, this is not going to the backlash is going to be so strong. The 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 Clinton era, let's let's just fucking not just defund the oh, police. Dude, don't let's just don't refund, just don't just, just don't the Clinton era. Let's can we just admit the Clinton era was a fucking horrible decision. And everything that Clinton did as far as criminal justice was wretched. And David, we're re-entering that realm. People are funding the police I, at levels that have not been done since the fucking 80s. And so Biden's and that's a big admission means, know. well, yeah, that's the thing. Fuck. If you go too far, you're always going to be a backlash. We are living in the goddamn backlash of too much anger, too much destruction, too much rage. We're we're living. We're going to live in the backlash, and we have a midterms coming up, and it's going to fucking kill the Democrats. And there's not a goddamn thing we can do about it. And 
if we would learn anything from it. If we learn anything, the Democrats have been like, "Oh, it's going to kill the Democrats for like twenty years." Where versus when the Democrats have control, it's like, "Oh, the Republicans are poised to take over," but it's always the Democrats are going to lose. We suck. Yeah, because we're the in liberal power and we still arm can't. of the of things we suck absolute and we bullshit. We still can't do anything, and so the fact of the matter yeah, is, it doesn't matter. It. So, in my answer to that, what what about I think I love that Biden. This is the thing that I wish Biden would do. If you want to know what I want to, but Biden's eighty years old. New Oklahoma, sorry. No, Biden's eighty fucking years old. I'm yeah. fifty six, and now I'm looking at my life and going. What do I got to lose? I can do any fucking thing I want. He's 80. Yeah, he yeah. could do, he could just say, you know, fuck you Tony people. Bush. I'm going to do yeah. anything I want and do it. And he won't do it because I, I don't know why. And that is my thought on Joe Biden. My first thing is a watch. Jesus H. Christ, watch Hacks. God, that show is good. Holy motherfucking oh. God. Are you serious? I just, I, I just, are, you serious? are you serious? Hacks. Holy right. crap. That problem, show is good. So I didn't watch, I watched oh. the first season and oh. I hated, I hated the millennial character so much I couldn't watch That's the rest That's the of point of the show. You I know. It just fuck. pissed me. It just pissed me off. I just, I found her so egregious and so awful. No. No. All right. Uh, so you're saying watch second season and it'll be better. Second season, she's, Less annoying, is Jean, like is Jean Smart is Jean wonderful. Smart. Oh, She's wonderful! Jean Smart is wonderful, but it like take take the annoying character out of it. She gets better. Okay, but oh my god! god like, the approach to celebrity and, and all right, uh, I, and, I, and someone who currently yeah. lives in Las Vegas. My biggest issue with uh, Jean Smart's character is that she constantly gets pissed that she's taking las vegas boulevard as a as a transit oh, mode it's like who the Don, fuck that no, lives in las vegas actually no, drives on las vegas boulevard no, that's stupid stop. let me tell you let me give me, give me stop give me when i was working in the radio I, I i worked the morning one of the jobs i had i worked the morning shift so i would get up at 3 a.m and I would have to drive to the stratosphere. I live in Henderson. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I live. I live a mile from the stratosphere. And I would I drive exactly to the stratosphere to where our radio uh, studio was. Yeah. All and I had to take the elevator all the way up to the stratosphere. It was a mm-hmm. whole fucking adventure. And there was one. And I was I was a traffic reporter. That was my thing. Yeah. And there was one morning where I'm driving along the 215, and I hit the 215 I15 oh, merge. Fuck. And it was backed up, and I went what? And it was th- it was like three twenty six a.m. Yeah, fucking early. You're, yeah. What the fuck? And I turned on the and I flipped the radio like, "Where's the traffic report?" Oh my god, there is none. I'm the traffic reporter. Yeah, you're holy up. shit. I've got to get there and fast. So, I took this weird reroute, and I. Yeah. The fastest route that I had was the Las Vegas Strip. And as I'm driving Las Vegas Strip, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, what is my life? Where right. the majority of the United States of America, the majority of the world, saves their money for months, years to, to come, come here. 
to, to Las Vegas. Fucking... I'm using this fucking street as yeah. an alternate route so I can talk about how terrible it is. Dude, given my experience, given my experience, I, I was going to go walk because I before all this divorce stuff, I uh, I actually enjoyed walking down the Las Vegas Strip and kind of just well, yeah, people watching and seeing your steps in. I can't I can't do it right now. I can't do it. I, I thought I was going to go and, and walk the strip because I wanted my steps in. And I just was like, I that's the last place I fucking want to be in the world. In the fucking yeah. world. I would rather have walked Auschwitz than fucking walked the Las Vegas Strip. Jesus. All right. Yeah, anyway. All right, my first thing is a watch as well. It is on HBO Max. It is George Carlin's American Dream and it is uh, two one hour and 45, 45 minute uh, document. It is brilliant. It is wonderful. Um, things I didn't know and I really appreciated about this documentary, Jed Apatow, who directed it, who created this documentary. Um, Carlin was like the Miles Davis of comedy. And, and I, didn't re- I didn't realize the extent of it. And I really liked it, but one one of the things that I thought was, you know, the the most the I, I'm I'm happy not to be a genius, because apparently geniuses are the biggest pieces of shit alive. Yeah. And so, but I still recommend George Carlin's American Dream on HBO Max. My next thing is a read. Um, it's in the Atlantic. Americans, sorry. America's hands are full of blood. Yes. By David from It's good. It, it's 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 kind of a base setter. Just it's really good. Remember, it's really well written. We are all culpable. Yeah. Your next if you thing. don't like David from uh fuck you because I think David from yeah. is, is solid. <laughs> I, I love that guy. Fair I point, yeah. Guy. Yeah, yeah. My second thing is a is a read. It is uh, on the Barry Weiss, not the Barry White, but the Barry Weiss Substack.com. It is called He Was a World Renowned Cancer Researcher, Now He's Collecting Unemployment. And it is about the 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 canceling of this cancer researcher who was amazing and he he did so much for cancer research. And because he had a completely consensual affair with a very, very ambitious woman. Wrong. Don't got destroyed. Women. No. He got no. destroyed. He got destroyed. No. So, so that's uh, that's my second thing. Barry Weiss, Substack.com. He was a world-renowned cancer researcher. Now he's collecting unemployment. I, I highly suggest you read it. It will enrage you, but uh, there you go. All right, my next thing is a, uh, it's to watch, Jesus Christ, you guys. Oh, fuck, watch Better Call Saul. All right. I got it. I just, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know I've talked about this before. But having watched the final episode of the first half of the final season, <laughs> which I hate that they do that. Like, oh my God, it's the final season. It's coming. The final stories are here, but oh, you only get six. Then we'll give you five more and maybe it's going to take a month and just fucking release it. But here's my point. If you want good writing and you want good editing 
and you want good directing and you want good lighting and you want good sound, like all of it. It's there. I swear to God, Don. It's there. There is a moment when, when at the end of the, like seriously, it's at the ass, at the asshole end of this, the, the fifth season, mid season, whatever the fuck it is. Last episode you can watch. The acting, the everything, it, you just, it, it, when I watch it, I, 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 I've got to give, you know, Rhea Seenhorn and, and, and Bob Odenkirk extreme credit and the directors, because it was like, it fucked me up. Like, it's, it just fucked yeah. me up. All right. I'll, and it was yeah. so intense and good because so I'm, waiting, what was I'm waiting till it's it happened. All done. Like, I'm waiting till it's all done and then I will watch it. I guarantee you. Yeah. Like, how you shoot a POV of what that actor, what that character is seeing. Vince Gilligan is a showing genius. what they say. He really is. That guy, that guy knows his shit. And, and he knows his people too. Like he knows how to work his actors. I mean, he does. He's a God. Very... It's just, wow. My third, just wow. My third thing is similar, uh, but not the same at all. It is Amazon prime. It is the reboot yeah, thirty years later of Kids in the Hall. Oh God, Don! It's funnier than sh- it is. It is so goddamn stupid and funny. Out of the gate, stupid, like and weird right and out of the gate. And yep. what I love about it is, is these guys are my age and are a little older, and they're they're leaning in to the Kids in the Hall sort of comedy, but they're really leaning into the fact that they're fucking, you know. Old, it is my, my boss, funnier than shit. I'm telling you, my, my boss at work, who, 30, who he yeah. is, he's he's your age or yeah. he's a little bit younger, but he he had a theater in Chicago. Like he he's he's yeah. one of us. He worked the second. He's one of us. He knows. He knows. Yeah. When when he and I were talking about, he was like, "What's his name? What's his name?" Brett Brett Manis. Don't know. I'm sorry. I thought I might, I might know. But him. like, yeah. but yeah, but do like. A little digging, you'll be like, like Joe will be like, oh yeah, I know Brett or whoever. Like, I'm sure Joe is one of his teachers. It's not yeah, sure. It's not that far. My point is this: what Brett said, um, it's it is it is the thing that makes me okay with feeling older and getting older because these guys are oh fu- my age and so younger. Brett's like a couple years older than me, so he's not yeah. like sixty one. But like these. Dave Foley is, it, it is the, the youngest funniest. person, and he's fifty nine years yeah, old. I'm telling you, it is. It is what, what the thing it's is. The so third, funny and the, so good, uh, and it and all doesn't I miss a beat. If you're not into the kids in the hall, which you're fucked. If you're you not into it, old yeah. guy humor, you're fucked. Watch the third episode. If all you do hmm. is watch the third, because they, you know, they have their 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 sort of like connecting tissue. And Dave Foley as a guy, I swear to God, I laughed. I I've watched it three times. I thought it so much. Is as as sort of like a a, a morning DJ. The oh. world has ended. The world has yeah. completely ended. Everybody's dead, and he's That's still intense. trying to do. It. And all he has, the only record he can play, 
is I've got a brand new I've broke hair. Melanie's I've got, got a brand yeah. new And I swear to God, brand new the look on his face when he puts the record on is so goddamn funny. I couldn't stand how funny it was. It's dark. And as and I'm as a disc jockey, as a funny. former disc jockey, I'm sure you when you're introducing it. a song you fucking hate, yeah. you've got to like turn it on like and here's Melanie with the roller skate with song. Brand we'll right back in just a moment, you know. Yeah, brand whatever it is. Key. I am telling you that shit. When you I come down that from that shit, three you, times. you go you go under the water and then it is come up. So, so for him to do funny. that, I'm telling you, it is it is it's, it's exactly what I need. In a time where there are mass shootings and the climate is fucked, and uh, oh man, you know the what government you need? is fucked. I love you know what it. We I, both need. You know I what really we both need, Don. I love kids in the hall. Amazon Prime. If you're not watching it, you're fucked. That's all I'm saying. Well, we, yes. What do we, we need? Both need during this time is is a hug. Like I, I just I want to hug you. I would I love to feel, hug you. And I, I want to feel your gigantic, beautiful tattooed arms around my neck. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>